0: Welcome everybody to the TLDR podcast, uh, podcast, what do we do? Yeah, podcast, that's what it's called, (laughs) episode 118. Uh, I am back to hosting after Tradein hosted for like three months so we could get through basketball, so Trayden, appreciate you for that. Uh, We are officially in October, boys, probably the best sports month of the year um i feel like march may be the only other one that possibly compares um but you know obviously mlb playoffs are coming up football's in full swing and then both basketball and hockey start this month as well speaking of hockey trading my dog how are you doing did you get a dog we I, oh. um, we did
1: not get a dog we decided not, we decided to hold off um uh, but as for hockey hockey starting um i have my i have chapman chapman's team star, uh have already started the adult league is struggling but we're we're doing things bad. it's very bad it's very bad um also ice I, I, I need to game. drink less before these games yeah it was yeah it was a rough yeah. one yeah it was a rough one but hey you know that that's what, that's what we do we do that we do that <laughs> um and then the and then the NHL season is I believe it starts next week. I'm double checking that, but I'm pretty sure it starts next week. So, um, yeah, it it it's creeping, on us, guys.
0: Yeah one one week from today, I believe is opening night. Yeah, so the 11th, as James is putting up two fingers. James, your San Francisco 49ers, who played nowhere near San Francisco, <laughs> had a big win last night. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing
2: great, man. It was a uh, Mondays are always tough because you know it's a Monday coming off a great weekend a weekend where I went to my first professional soccer game, which is fun. And then I was supposed to go to a baseball game on Sunday, but instead went to Traden's house, watched football, and played baseball, the drinking game. So it's the same thing, right? All in all, same exact thing. Monday came around, and I was like, yeah, man, it's a Monday. was hyped for the Niners-Rams game, but I was completely prepared to lose a ton of money and just be sad. But it was the opposite. I made a ton of money, and I was happy. So I'm, it's great. It's a good day.
0: Yeah, uh, it's probably the one time I'm glad we didn't bet because usually when we bet, I take your money. Um, (laughs) But yeah, big big win for the Niners last night. Uh, Really poor performance by the Rams, Um, but that is okay because playoff baseball starts on Friday. Tyler, you're already wearing your Dodger stuff. How are you doing, buddy?
3: We're doing great. I agree. October is probably one of my favorite sports months, and one of the reasons is the start of baseball postseason So we are very excited to get that going. Um, And yeah, I I just love, I love this time of year for, for, for baseball. Um, Looking forward to the new version of the wildcard round, which we'll get into a little bit later in in my segment. Um, Yeah. Doing good. Glad to hear it. Uh, You had
0: a weird pause there. So I hope (laughs) everyone else got that and you were stuck with your, well, it's technically a bicep, but. uh, (laughs) (laughs) there. Um, But we're going to go right into it. So as I mentioned, kind of at the beginning, trade in was a homie and hosted for a long time so we could do basketball, but hockey is coming up. So we're going to go, we're going to go huge, I think, trade in. So what, what, what are we going to do?
1: Thank you, Alex. We're going to blow through the uh, blow through all of these um, NHL teams in a matter of, you know, 30 minutes. Uh, we're going to start in the East. We're going to go through 16 teams, guys. Um, it's it's going to be quick. We're going to spark ourselves for a few teams that the guys wanted to talk about. But for now, um, we're just going to, you know, blow through these teams because you know, the season's on the season's coming next week and I need to go. Uh, we're going to start over in the Metro. We're going to start in alphabetical order, right at the top with with the Carolina hurricanes uh, who finished first in the Metro at 54, and eight but they lost to the Rangers in the second round um, who they've had a tough time in the second round for, for quite a, for a couple of years now uh, they've, they did add Andre Kasha, Paul Stastny, Max Pacioretty and Brent Burns in the off season. And they lost Ian Cole, Nino, Nita Vincent Trocek, Max Domi, Tony D'Angelo and Brendan Smith. Uh, at the, you know, at the end of the day, you, you do, you do lose some, uh, some fan favorites there, but you do replace um, you do replace on the back end with Brent Burns, who in this case um, is going to fit in nicely on the scoring side Uh you know, the, def- the defense of this team is, is quite, quite strong. Um, Alex, you know, I know you, I know you lose a fan favorite in Tony D'Angelo and and, and Vincent Trocek, but you know, you have some pretty notable ads there. Do you think that, th- that the Canes have done enough here to get past the second round for the first time in seemingly two- since 2006, I believe?
0: I think they have. Um, and kind of one of the reasons I wanted to talk about them is they sort of remind me of the Oilers a little bit. So like, they have top end talent in Aho and um, what's his name, Sveshnikovs, so like top end guys. We, you know, they won the Metro. They had a great season last year. They kind of fizzled out. You know, that's sort of what you know the Oilers did until this last year, and they finally at least cracked through to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and this year, you know, we've seen, especially weirdly enough, like we've seen guys come out of the Pacific, Pavelski, Corey Perry, like leaving shit teams and coming into teams on the east and really like kind of rejuvenating their career and I'm kind of seeing like a possible Brent Burns doing that as well. Um I just think getting some um good, you know, legit vet talent including Stastny um will really help the Canes and I think they have a really good shot of at least making the Eastern Conference finals. Um I think a lot of that hinges on Pacharetti. You know, obviously they pretty much got him from Vegas for free because yep. Vegas fucks up all the time, but uh you know, the injury sucks, but if he's coming back in February, like, you know, he's a vet, he, he will, he knows how to do it. He knows how to get back. And then that's just an extra scoring threat that, you know, they possibly didn't really have last year to kind of add with those other top two guys. So, um, and, you know, Brenda Moore is one of the, you know, favorite NHL coaches. He's always a guy to, you know, possibly win uh coach of the year. So, um, you know, I, I want to talk about the Canes because I, I think this is like the year they need to like finally step up and I'm excited to see them do that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree in the especially in the postseason. I mean, I don't think anybody cares about their ability to, to make to make the playoffs. I mean, I think that they are kind of a shoe-in at this point. Um, however, you know, we, we know that teams down there, down that I'm gonna be talking about are trending in the in the right direction as well. So they're gonna have their work cut out for them. But at the end of the day, you got great goaltending from Freddie Anderson, great backup uh, tandem with Auntie Ranta. Um, this team, I think I agree with you, ha- has the ability to to shake off those second round woos. Uh, and and demons uh look what happened with the colorado avalanche who had that same issue um and now it seems like they're the greatest team that ever lived um moving on to the columbus blue jackets who finished um sixth in the metro at 37 38 and seven notable roster additions surprisingly johnny goudreau and eric branson notable season subtractions oliver bjorkstrand and alexander Texier. um pretty great news uh i think that Johnny Johnny Goudreau going to Columbus was kind of a shock for everybody um, that that was the big UFA hit for the uh, for the offseason and it's quite frankly, I, I was shocked that he went to Columbus but you know what, at the end of the day he he wanted to go to a place that's a little bit closer to home but I think that he can make quite a quite a um, quite a, you know, a showing there in uh, in Columbus. Um, although I, again, I think we should, we should pace ourselves as teams a little bit far behind, um, in terms of their, in terms of their whole plan. But I think that adding Goudreau may have kickstarted them a little bit. We're going to see a much better Columbus Blue Jackets team this year. Um, n- the New Jersey Devils, uh, last season, they finished seventh in the Metro behind the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, they finished 27, 46, and nine pretty putrid, honestly, notable, uh, off-season additions include Andre Palat, Eric Halla, John Marino, Simon Nemec, and Vidic Vanacek. Off season subtractions include Pavel, Zaka, P.K. Subban, who retired, as we mentioned, and Ty Smith. Uh, it just seems like the New Jersey Devils are in, a, are in that transition period. They're going to get better. Um, you're, you're, you're getting another year of Jack Hughes, Nico Hishier, uh Jesper Bratt, who is a brat. That guy knows how to fucking play hockey and he's an asshole uh, in the greatest of ways. He's, he's not dirty. He just likes to score and he's, and he does well. Um, all top, all top, their top four scorers last year were all under the age of 24. That just shows that they have so much, uh, you know, they're, that's that their young team that is just going to continue to, to, to sprout. Their biggest um, issue is goaltending. Um, they use seven goaltenders all year and none of them played more than 25 games. And only one had a better than 900 save percentage, which is absolutely terrible. They need to figure out how to, uh, how to unlock their, their goaltending potential. Um, Vidic Vanacek um, in a draft pick swap deal, uh will be will be interesting he finished 908 with washington last year um i i don't know if he's going to be good enough um and they're bringing back mckenzie blackwood which that didn't really work out but we'll see if we'll see if maybe the year past the the covid year will will change things um who knows Uh, they have they have a, a up and coming uh forward core or a skating core but when it comes to goaltending that's their biggest issue uh the new york islanders our next, uh, last year they finished 37, 35 and 10 and were finished fifth in the Metro just outside of the playoff, um, playoff discussion. Kind of surprisingly, they added Alexander Romanoff and only lost Zdeno Char and Andy Green, both old guys. Zdeno Char, um, congratulations on your retirement. Um, this was a disastrous season for the Isles, as we know. Um, they had to f- spend their first six weeks on the road as they were, you know, figuring out their, uh, their new building. Uh they, they pushed through and that was, uh, and, and that was, and that was fine, but it was, it just wasn't enough. Um, and, you know, they, they have an issue with scoring uh, defensively. They're fine. They're fine. But, you know, they fired big shots to see if they can you know, bank the season and they, they really couldn't, but I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to crack, um, crack the playoffs with, with a, you know, a, a bunch of these teams that are, that are on their last, you know, last dance situations as we'll get to, especially in the, uh, in the uh, rest of this Metro and, um, Islanders have their, again, have their work cut out for them they're great defensively, but I just don't know if they have enough uh, scoring prowess to, to crack the playoffs, but that remains to be seen. Um, the New York Rangers, uh, finished 52, 24 and six second in the Metro and lost to the lightning in the Eastern conference final. in what was, can only be described as the most boring Eastern conference final, um, ever, um, it wasn't even a competition for the, for the lightning, um, uh, in the off season, they added Vincent, Vincent Trocek and Yaroslav Halak. They lost Tyler Mott, Andrew Kopp, Frank Vitrano, Ryan Strome, and Nils Lundqvist. Um, look, the, back in 2018, the, uh, the management wrote a letter to the fans basically saying we are tearing it down and, and restarting. And, um, you know look look what, look what happened um, the new york rangers have rebuilt stronger than ever at this point it seems um, they have a they have a great uh, veteran core in Mika Zavanaj and Chris Kreider and they have that future core in uh, Keandre Miller and and, and Adam and, and Adam Fox and then they have a uh, uh, you know Alexi Lafreniere who's who's quite who's quite impressive um who, who's who's who just needs to you know continue to find a stride and and um, and find his way in the in the league um, Igor Shosturkin was nothing close, nothing short of amazing. And he was a large reason why they did so well. Although it seemed like the team picked up the pieces in the last half um, and and kind of helped him out a little bit. Um, I think that's the, that's the biggest question is the Rangers need to figure out the defensive side and help Igor Shosturkin out a little bit. Um, they were 25th in shot attempts percentage on five on five. That is not going to do well. That is not going to bode well in the playoffs. So if they can figure that out, this team is going to, Again, they're going to crack the playoffs and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially if Igor Shostakovich has uh, the same a similar season to what he had last season. Uh, moving in on to Philadelphia, who finished 25-46-11, and 11, and that's eighth in the Metro. Um, notable off-season additions include Nick Laurier, Tony D'Angelo, but they lost Martin Jones, Oscar Lindelom, and Keith Yandel, who retired. Congratulations. Philadelphia Flyers are fucked. There's nothing else I need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, but yeah, they are in, they are in big trouble. Um, Fletcher, you are a terrible GM. You need to, you need to figure your shit out. Moving on to Pittsburgh, the other team of Pennsylvania, uh, 46, 25 and 11 last year. That's third in the Metro. They lost to the Rangers in round one. That was quite a, uh, quite a um, playoff that, that came down to some injuries um, and some just back and forth, you know, I- interesting, you know, battles game by game. Um, They added Ryan Poling, Jeff Petrie, Ty Smith and Jan Ruda, Jan Ruda, excuse me. Uh, They they lost Evan Rodriguez and uh, Mike Matheson. Um, I I would say that the postseason, you know, this this offseason could have been the end of, of Pittsburgh, but they were able to say, hey, Malcolm, come on back. Um, Chris Latane, come on back. Brian Russ, come on back. Uh, you still have Sidney Crosby, so if you have Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby, you're going to go for it. And this is yet another time where they're just going to go for it. Jeff Petrie is another year older, but we know that you know he, he's a veteran defenseman that's going to help them. Um, and you know, I th- but that also is a, is a worry. I mean, Petrie has been in, has been um, you know he's he's aging and he's been in injury troubles and he's and he's 34 years old now, so. This team's very, very old, and, and and I just don't know if they're going to have enough to to make a big push in the playoffs. Um, they're going to get tuckered out. They're going to get tired. Um, is Tristan Jari going to be able to to do it again? I I, I don't know. Um, um, that that I think is the biggest uh, the biggest worry. I don't see them getting past the first round. The other team, their biggest rival, Washington Capitals. James, you wanted to talk about these guys. They are. They went forty four and twenty six and twelve last year for fourth in the Metro. They lost to the Panthers in round one. Uh, Last season they added or off excuse me, the offseason they added Con- Connor Brown, Dylan Strome, Darcy Camper, and Charlie Lindgren. They lost Justin Schultz, Vidic, Vanacek, and Ilya Samsonov because he sucks. <laughs> um, the Capitals' primary weakness was was goaltending, James. I mean, you know that. Um, and you know, I and I wonder why you you picked up uh the Washington Capitals. Oh, uh probably because uh they may have fixed the goaltending situation. We don't know. Um uh, I mean, adding Darcy Kemper is, is quite an ad. I mean, he's not the most incredible goaltender, but he is a number one goaltender. Um, and then you have Alex Ovechkin who's a little over a hundred goals away from, from, uh, from Gretzky's uh, record. Um, you know, I, I don't think the Capitals went got worse, but I think they actually got better at least in net. James, how do you feel about the Capitals um, going forward? And do you think that Darcy Kemper is exactly what they needed? I
2: don't know about exactly what they needed. Um but he was definitely an upgrade over the previous two goalies that they had going back and forth there. I think Darcy Kemper and his stats from last season was a product of how good that Colorado Avalanche defense and team was. I don't think Darcy Kemper is that good. His stats show that he's that good, but I don't know overall if he is. He's definitely better than what the Capitals have before. So in that case, yeah, he's an upgrade, but he's not the end all be all of goalies or goaltenders for the Washington Capitals the capitals are still offensively heavy i mean when their best defensive guy is john carlson and he's an offensive defenseman like you're going to lean towards offense and you still have ovi there who is just a different breed he's like what late 30s or something and he doesn't look like an athlete but that man is built different he's going to play longer than yager is probably he's going to be out there just doing his thing and breaking records left and right just sniping sniping that's what he's going to do and this, this team needs to outscore their defensive inefficiencies, which is not as much as it was last year because of Kemper, but they still got to outscore teams. It's, they can't rely on their defense and goaltending because Darcy Kemper isn't as good as his stats make him out to be.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. and And I think you can agree that, that having that type of a uh, having that type of style is is doesn't bode too well when you're trying to do a when you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. But um, and and to say and and with that, Nicholas Backstrom's out for the start of the season, and so is Tom Wilson. Um, I think I mean, Dylan
2: Strom was a good addition for that, to be honest. Yes,
1: yes. But once they it, come back, he's a good death piece, but he can play center and wing. That's like, true. He, that's he's true. Good. That's very- that's very true. I think that that was a good pickup, and I think that that'll maybe you know stem the bleeding, um, so to speak, uh, in the first bit of the season. But uh, again, I think this team, much like Pittsburgh, is is old, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to handle these faster, um, more skilled teams, um, you know, in in the, within the metro alone. That not to mention the Atlantic, who I think is quite um, who's quite stronger in my opinion. So. It'll be interesting. I think that they're going to make, I think that they can make the playoffs, but it's not going to be an easy route. Okay. That is the Metro. Let's move on to the Atlantic. Told you we'd be going fast. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's start right at the top um, in alphabetical order with the Boston Bruins who finished 51, 26 and five for fourth in their division in the Atlantic. They lost to Carolina in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, They did add Pavel Zaka, AJ Greer and seem to seem to have figured out getting back david Krejci, which i didn't think would happen and they did um and they only lost eric holla look um in the off season i thought that the bruins were 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 screwed because i thought that patrice bergeron was going to hang him up um and david i mean i did not expect david Krejci to come back but here we are david Krejci comes back patrick uh, patrice bergeron signs for a uh signs for another year um look guys when you have this such in this dynamic core that has that has won before, this is a last dance situation, in my opinion. Um, the Boston Bruins are, you know, bringing the band back together. You got Pasta, you got Brad Marchand, you have T- Taylor Hall, you have Charlie McAvoy, um, uh, you have Olmark and Jeremy Swayman on the back end, who are you know in net, who I think are very solid. I just think that early on they're going to have they're going to f- face um, they're going to face teams without Brad Marchand and McAvoy. I I, I worry about their progress from um, up until November, November slash December. And as we know, uh, American Thanksgiving is kind of the, the uh, basis point is how we, how you're going to fare going into the, the end of the season. So it's going to be tough, but the, if the Bruins can, can tread water, watch out because they're going to be in that last dance mode. Uh, moving on the Buffalo Sabres, who I'm going to talk a little bit more about, not really, uh, but I do think that the Buffalo Sabres are trending big time in the right direction uh, last season, they finished 32 39 11 for fifth in division and just missed the playoffs. Um, I- Ilya Labushkin was added along with Eric Comrie and Riley Sheehan. They lost Cody Eakin, Dustin Tokarski, Drake Kajula, Colin Miller, Aaron Dell, Mark. I'm not even gonna try and pronounce that. Try try John it. Hayden and uh, and Will Butcher. Uh, Pizik? I don't Pissick? yeah, uh. <laughs> so, like, I don't... No. uh Look, this this team is very young. Um, the, Jeff Skinner found found his way last season. Tage Thompson is a stud. Uh, Owen Power, I think is I think was a huge add. Jack Quinn um, is another guy that is a draft pick that I think is is going to be a huge and had add for them. Yet the third Quinn brother to to join the NHL here. Um, you know, I think Rasmus Dahlin is is due for a for a big for a big season. Uh, and you know, I, I, I just, there's something about the Sabres team ever since they lost, um, ever since, um, uh, Jack Eichel left, this team has snapped in, in the right direction. The the fan base has snapped in the right direction. They're, they're happy. They're, they're so happy to be at these games. They kind of have a Buffalo bills mafia feel right now. I know they're not the Buffalo bills of the NHL. I'm not going to say that, but that feel Within the fan bases there, and you know that that means a lot um, for 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 what is what I consider is one of the best hockey cities and hockey towns um, in America. Buffalo Sabers deserve this, and I would not be shocked if if they can make the playoffs. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be freaking easy at all. But um they are my sneaky dark horse pick for making the playoffs. Um, call me crazy, but that's where we are. Another team that is, that is training up, 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 and that's the Detroit Red Wings, 32, 40, and 10 last season, that's sixth in the division. Um, they added Andrew Copp, Ben Sherratt, Ali Mata, um, Villa Huso, David Perron, and Dominic Kubelik, and they lost Sam Gagne, Danny DeKaiser, Thomas Grice, Mark Stahl, Calvin Picard, Thomas Grice, Mitchell Stevens, and Riley Barber. Um, Detroit finished out of the playoffs just below um, 500 for their sixth straight season. Um, but Steve Eiserman kind of went to work. Uh, finally, uh, they, they, they added, you know, Andrew cops, a huge ad, Ben Sherratt's a huge ad. All, all, all the ads that, uh, that I mentioned above are huge, huge, huge ads. Uh, Dylan Larkin again is going to lead the charge with uh, Tyler Bertuzzi at his flank. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think that Villa Huso is, is a, is a great ad as well. And I think that this, you know, when you have Mort Sider and Lucas Raymond, who both were in the running for the Calder um, one of them winning it, I, I think that Detroit's figured out a way to draft and develop. And, and I only see this team going up, up, up um, building takes time. And I just, you know, the red wings are going to be much like the Buffalo Sabres. I would not be shocked if they made the playoffs, but they will not do, they will not go far in the playoffs however any any positive any positive steps for either of these teams is is great for hockey and it's great for these towns um you know uh everybody knows that you know i have a soft spot for De, for detroit um De, the detroit red wings were dominant back in their day and i think that they're only a few years away from being right back in that spot so um keep an eye on them the florida panthers 58 18 and 6 for first in the division and lost to the lost in the second round to, uh, to Tampa Bay. Holy shit. That was a terrible series as well. They got fucked, um, by their, uh, by their bigger brother, uh, the lightning, um, the in the offseason they added Matthew Kachuk, crazy ad, um, Calgary lost everybody, uh, but then they gained everybody too. Uh, Nick cousins, Chris Tierney, Mark Stahl, Michael De- uh, Delzato, Colin white and Rudolph's balsers balsers, excuse me. Um, Notable offseason subtractions include Jonathan Huberdeau, um, as he went to Calgary in that Kachuk trade, Claude Giroux, Ben Chirot, Mason Marchment, Mackenzie Weegar, Joe Thornton, and Marcus Nudavara. This team won the President's Trophy, and we were absolutely insane, considering they're in the, one of the most stacked divisions in the league, and they fucking sucked in the playoffs. Um, they were lucky to make it out of the first round, in my opinion, and in the second round, they had no business being there um James thought that they could they could outscore um Tampa Bay and they just they just couldn't (laughs) they just couldn't um I I don't know if the Panthers got better they did get the grit in in Kachuk you do get you do get a lot there but you but Huberto has has more of the offensive upside um I I I don't know what to think about this team uh I don't know if they got better but I don't know if, if they got worse if that if that makes sense um to me a team that gets better is is going to be a team that can win five on five in any situation and i don't know that the fuller panthers are there yet um which sucks because they are big spenders and aggressive and i don't know if it's gonna be enough um so, but we will see moving on to the montreal canadians who uh unfortunately were last in the atlantic at 22 49 and 22 they missed the playoffs um they added sean monaghan kirby Doc, evgeny did Dodonov, Mike Matheson, and Mitchell Stevens, and they lost Shea Weber officially. Jeff Petrie, Alexander Romanov, Jeff Petrie, um, Cedric Paquette, Matthew Perot, and Tyler Pitlick. Um, Montreal named their 23 year old Nick Suzuki, and he's the youngest um, kid to wear the C in franchise history. As they are in rebuild mode, um, the, 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 this team I think you know hit rock bottom, and now they're now they're on their way up. Mark Burchman's gone. Kent Hughes is in. Martin St. Louis in and this team seems to have kind of grounded itself found a foundation and I think it's going to to start to trend up this storied franchise is not going to contend for playoffs they are not going to make playoffs um, do I think that they are the worst team that they're going to end up the worst team I don't know I think that all of the teams in their division have gotten better but I think that you know the foundation of the Montreal Canadiens is enough where you can say to your fan base, Hey, we've grounded this thing and we are going to start going back up and bringing back the, the, you know, what the Montreal Canadians means to, to Montreal and the rest of the NHL. It's going to take a little while, but here we are. Um, the Ottawa senators finished 33, 42 and seventh in the Atlantic, and they missed the playoffs. They lost Claude, Giroux, I'm sorry. They added Claude Giroux, Alex Obrinkin and Cam Talbot, and, but they lost a whole hell of a lot of players, older players though. Matt Murray, Philip Gustafson, Connor Brown, Colin White, Victor Mete, Michael Delzato, Chris Tierney, Tyler, Ennis, Ennis, it's not Ennis, it's Ennis, Adam <laughs> uh The Senators made some huge moves acquiring Debrinket, um, bringing in Claude Giroux. I think they're kind of, and bringing in Talbot, I think they're kind of signaling to the league that we are sick of being the, the little brother in um, Ontario and we have something to prove. And um, I would not be surprised if this is a team that, you know, kind of turns heads. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs with this stacked of a division? No, but I think that they are not going to be, they're going to be a thorn in everyone's side as they continue to trend in the right direction. So um, the team's young um, and, you know, and on the other side, the Toronto Maple Leafs are getting older. So in a few years is, are things going to be flipped? Who knows? Um, Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay lightning 51, 23 and eight for third in the Atlantic. They lost, in The Stanley Cup final to the to the Colorado Avalanche, as we all know, going for their third one in a row. They added Vladislav Nemestikov, Ian Cole, Hayden Fleury, and Philip Myers. They lost Andre Pilat, huge loss. Ryan McDonough, a huge loss. Raleigh Nash, huge loss, and <laughs> Jan Ruda, um, pretty, pretty notable loss as well. Um, they these guys came a couple wins shy of winning a Stanley Cup for the third for a third season in a row. But this, the core is still stacked and still there. You still have Nikita Kucherov, Brayden Point, Steven Stamkos. I know Brayden Point's hurt in the beginning, but once he's there, he's a point, he's a point per um, point per game player. Victor Hedman's on the point. Andre Vasilevsky between the pipes. This team's built to win. Um, so again, this is going to be a team that doesn't care about the about the regular season just get me to the postseason and watch the fuck out because the storm is coming uh, again. Uh, i don't care how old this team is they are gonna they're gonna load it back up and shoot their shot and as they have for the last uh bit here the last team in this segment tyler you wanted to talk about them for one some fucking reason um the the toronto maple leafs finished second in the atlantic 54 21 and uh i don't know they're they're their overtime losses Um, lost round one in the playoffs to the Tampa Bay lightning um, in what I consider the true Eastern conference final. I mean, I know that's the first round, but I, I I will say this till the day I die. If the the Maple Leafs had won that series, they would have made it to the Stanley Cup final. No problem. Um, They just faced an unstoppable beast that year. Um, They, uh, they added Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov, Victor Mete, Nicholas um, Abu Kabul. Jesus, uh, Kyle Yonkro, Jordy Ben, Zach, Zach Reese, and Adam Goddet, but they lost Jack Campbell, Soupy to the Edmonton Whalers, Ilya Makeev, Andre Kasha, Colin Blackwell, and Ilya Lubushkin. Again, this is the Maple Leafs that are stacked with talent. Tyler, we know this. We've heard the the young guns. They they give every little bit of money they can to this team. Um, you know, they they were led by last year's Hart Trophy winner and Austin Matthews, who actually had such an incredible see- season scoring 60 goals um but Kyle Dubas is like doing this again we're gonna do this one last fucking time because I don't think he has another opportunity if they don't get past the first round I think he is out no matter what um you know they they have the same core but I don't know that I like the goaltending moves <laughs> by any means I mean I I know that they shit on on uh Jack, Jack Campbell but I have to think he's better than Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov but you know. Maybe I'm missing something, Tyler. Do you have what kind of feeling do you have about the Leafs? You wanted to talk about them, so do you have more faith than I do? Yeah.
3: First of all, I wanted to pick the Maple Leafs because I knew that I would piss you off, so I just wanted to see <laughs> that in action. So it was what I expected and loved it. So it was great and scored. Yeah, nailed it. Um, so two. Uh, I do believe that the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, are finally going to break. Sorry, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to break through, <laughs> and uh, and and actually make it to to, to this. Stanley Cup final uh, in 2022-23. Yes, the goaltending, I believe, is probably the biggest question mark of this team, no doubt. They have a great core led by Austin Matthews, pretty much the same core, the same top four guys that have been around for a while. They put The last five years has been great. They've been building this up. A a, a lot of the the, the support cast is new. We'll we'll see if that makes a difference come playoff time. Obviously, the big question is, can they get it done when it matters in the playoffs? Um, I mean, we've seen a lot of teams in recent years Who've won Stanley Cups? Who, who previously went through a lot of really bad uh, playoff luck? The uh, Avalanche, who won last year, you know, finally broke through. Uh, the 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 Ten Bay Lightning for a long time struggled. Uh, the Washington Capitals forever could never seem to make it, and and they finally won. I think it's fairly common to see these NHL teams that have these years of just really good su- 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 sustained success. It's hard to win the playoffs, but if you keep going, you keep fighting. Eventually, they're going to break through. I feel like I've got good vibes coming from Toronto. Um, I feel like they're finally going to do it. Um, Matt Murray, you know, obviously, you know, probably on, on, on the stat sheet, maybe not the most flashy goal in the world, but he's won two Cups. He's been a big part of the two Cups that, that, that he has won. I think that's huge. Um, so I think that comes with a lot. Um, uh, Samsonov, you know, a younger guy. You know, in the preseason, I know it's preseason, but he's look he looks pretty good. I think he can definitely step up and be that be that guy. So it'll be interesting to see that that goalie, that, that goaltender battle, see what's gonna happen there and who's gonna be that number one guy. But I think they have two pretty good options. Obviously, I think in the past the goaltending has been their Achilles heel, um, along with just some bad luck come come from playoff time. But this Ronald Maple Leafs make make no doubt. I think that they should be the hands on favorite to win the Eastern Conference. I think on paper they have the most talent, they have the most experience, they have that buildup of so much success. I think they're eventually going to break through. And I think that this is their year.
1: Well, it, for uh, for Kyle to sake, he hopes you're right uh, um, because I I I just I just think that this is their last this is their last chance. This is the last time that a, that a general manager can face his team and his boss and his fans and say we're going at this again. I think he's lost his, his, his chances. This is it. This is your last chance. Um, and who knows, it, it, is his experiment finally going to finally going to work? I don't know. I liked it. I I actually agree with your thought process. These there's a lot of teams that have struggled and struggled and struggled and they finally broke through. And if this team makes it past the first round, I do think that they are making the Stanley cup final. I, I will say that right now um, because I just think that you just need to get that monkey off your back. And then the floodgates open. Um, So that's where we're at. And that's where we're at on the East. Very quick. I hope that it didn't bore you guys. I I will try to get through every single team in a matter of a matter of a short period of time. Hope you guys enjoyed it next week. We have the West and next week the NHL starts.
0: Traden, Thank you very much. Take a breath. That was a lot. Very impressive. I'm surprised that you could keep it that concise. And I'm proud of you. Uh, But because that, that's a lot of teams to go through. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and Tyler's going to lead us through his last O'Dams of the regular season. All right, everybody, we are on the... Second to last day of Major League Baseball as we speak, as we record on Tuesday evening. So Tyler, your last O-Dams oh, of the regular season, what do you got for us?
3: Oh damn guys. So much has happened, I feel like, in the last week and even the last couple of hours in baseball here. Uh, Aaron Judge, will start off, right off the bat, he finally did it. He hit number 62 like an hour ago. Um, so he finally did it. His, his first at-bat in the second game of the doubleheader against the Texas Rangers. Went yard. Uh, if you haven't seen the video yet, there's a fan that literally like jumped from the stands to try and catch it and just disappeared behind the fence. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. No one really mentioned it obviously because it was a bit, there's a bigger deal going on, but huge congratulations to Aaron judge who's who now the all time home run uh, regular season champion in the American league. Uh, some may argue the real home run champion, uh, but we'll back. That can be discussed for a you know, time, but congratulations to Aaron judge. Finally pulled it off. I was getting a little nervous there, honestly. Uh, the 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 first game uh, of doubleheader today, I was watching it at work, and his body language was not good. It was like he was like not looking like he was like like he, like he was he was in a good headspace. He was swinging at bad pitches. He was pressing, but I'm but I'm definitely happy he got it done. Um, but we're gonna talk about the first of damn is the postseason picture, guys. Everything is wrapped up. Uh, everything is, is, is going to be pretty much set. There is one possibility that the seating can change in the National League wildcard between the Padres and, and, and Phillies that can possibly fit, depending on what happens tonight. But it looks like the Phillies are going to lose to the Astros. So that's probably going to stay set the way it is. Um, a lot of teams clinched. Uh, the, the Braves also, like 30 minutes ago, clinched the uh, National League East division. Uh, they had a huge series we, we, we talked about it a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we're, we're, we're talking about that first. The Braves... Uh, came back, the, the, the Mets had a 10 and a half game lead in the division in June and the Braves, just like what they did last year, kind of slowly trickled their way back. They swept the Mets over the weekend and and as, as about half an hour ago with their win over the Marlins, clinched the National League East. Uh, is it a bigger deal for the Braves to win it or for the Mets to lose it? I want to ask each people uh, th- uh, this question. James, what do you got?
2: I think it's a bigger deal if the Braves won it not the other way
3: around. Because, I mean, everybody on
2: this podcast and everybody in the world knows that the Mets will mess it up eventually. And I was a firm believer of them not. But it's looking like it, unfortunately. And the Braves are peaking at the right time, which they tend to do quite often. Yeah, it's ridiculous how this happens. And so this is just a momentum boost that will just take them into playoffs. And when you're peaking at the right time and use that momentum, it's a recipe for success.
3: Yeah, and then obviously with with the new postseason picture, not only did the Braves clinch the division, but they also clinched a first round bye. So, trading same question: bigger deal that the Braves won it, or bigger deal that the Mets
1: lost Mets lost it? Um, I I think it's actually a bigger deal that the that the Mets lost it, and I say that because of that means they've already fucked it up. And then, then I worry about they have that much harder of a of a path to get through and. This is a team that I think, you know, you know, spent a lot of money spent. I believe if they're not the first, they're like the second in terms of payroll. I, you have to quote me or you have to, don't quote me on that Tyler, but I think I'm right there. Uh, And this is a team that had such a strong, you know, beginning and middle. And then they just kind of trailed off and that's not the time to trail off, especially when you see the team that, that jumped over you, um, you know, peak like James said. And I think that that says a lot about this team that, They may be a little bit more fragile than than, um, you know, I guess I guess we kind of expected it, but I was hoping that it wouldn't happen. And I think it just says a lot that maybe, you know, we put a little bit too much faith in the in the Mets. But and now they have a harder path because they have to get through San Diego and they have to get through the Dodgers. So, um, you know, before they get to before they get to the World Series and you you would much rather have had to play the Dodgers in the in the um, CS, not the DS. 100%. 100%. Uh, Alex, same question.
3: And also kind of looking at, at the Atlanta Braves, uh, 101 wins after tonight. Uh, again, deja vu. Braves, probably a sneaky good team in uh, coming out of the National League.
0: Yeah. Um, to answer your first question, uh, I think I'm going to agree with Traden. I think it's a bigger deal that the Mets lost it. And it's, I mean, it's not even that the Mets really lost. It's just like the Braves have been playing at an incredible pace. I mean, obviously the Mets got swept kind of fuck it up at the end of the season there, but now with, you know, DeGrom left his start early in that Braves series with the blister issue. He really has not been pitching that well his last like three or four starts. Like it's decently feasible that like Machado and Soto can, you know, carry the Padres. And when, by the time we're talking next week, like the Mets season could be over. So, and then, and if they do squeak through, like Trayton was mentioning, then they get to face the Dodgers who have rest at home and they don't have to face the Scherz in the first two. I think that's a huge, this is a huge loss for the Mets. Can they, you know, still do it? Of course, because it's an, it's an, a pretty incredible team, but um, you know, and we, we don't really know what this new wild card format, like there's a possibility that these wildcard teams are going to be a lot better coming into this, whoever comes out of that coming into the second round, because like they've been playing. Like we talk about this with the NFL every year, like, Oh, is the buy for those top seeds going to be a problem? Let's, you know, this may be a problem for the, for baseball. So we'll have to see. Um, yeah, the Braves are incredible. I don't know how they do it. Um, you know, it kind of feels like we're going to get a Dodgers Braves NLCS matchup again for the third year in a row, which would be pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, they're, they're incredible. Um, if spencer strider can come back and be healthy like watch out like they have a very legitimate chance to go back to back
3: 100 this this braves team's looking pretty nasty you got to remember too that they got ronald acuna jr back which is a huge deal uh their braves pitching especially that bullpen has come on late and looked fantastic it's i agree with you alex i think uh, a braves dodgers nlcs uh part three uh is going to be the most likely scenario but uh, let's look at the rest of the postseason picture here. Uh, we're going to start in the American League and, you know, we're going to we're going to do seeding because that's kind of how uh, the, the the postseason pictures is 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 going to uh, look. Mm-hmm. So the number one seed in the American League yeah. out of the out of, out of the, the American years. League West is the Houston the Astros. Astros. Uh, and the second seed uh, out of the East is the New York Yankees. Three seed out of the Central is the Cleveland Guardians. And then the wild cards at four, the Toronto Blue Jays at five, the Seattle Mariners and at six, the Tampa Bay Rays. Going to the National League, we got the Los Angeles Dodgers, the number one seed coming out of the West. Uh, As we just mentioned, the Atlanta Braves, the number two seed from the East. Uh, The St. Louis Cardinals are their uh, central champions. And then the wild cards, the New York Mets, the San Diego Padres, and the Philadelphia Phillies in that order. So as we look at the postseason picture, we're going to look at the uh, wild card series. So again, this is brand new format. Uh, the top two seeds get a bye, So the Ashers and Yankees, Dodgers, Braves will not play in, the, in this first round. Uh, the matchups as of today, which will probably stand pat in the American League, we got the Cleveland Guardians against the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays against this, the Seattle Mariners. And the National we've got the St. Louis Cardinals against the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets against the San Diego Padres. This is a best of three um, so it's not that one game uh, wild wildcard winner takes all like it used to be. Best of three series. This starts on Friday. Should be very should be very, very exciting to watch. So, real quickly, boys, let's just go through, let's predict who's gonna win each matchup. We'll start in the American League. Uh Cleveland and Tampa Bay and Toronto and Seattle. Trade in, who do you got uh from these two wild card series in the American League?
1: Yeah, I actually like the way the guards have been playing lately. Um and I just think, you know, we, we for me, the 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 Rays are just too you know, analytical. And I think that that'll bite him in the ass again, in a game, in a game three situation. And the guardians are just playing, you know, playing great baseball. And I think that that's just going to continue. And I see them, you know, winning and I, I, I don't even know that Tampa won a game. Damn. Uh and then who do you got in the Toronto Seattle series? I uh, got to go with Toronto uh, Toronto's um, you know, looking pretty hot. I know that they have their, their ups and downs, but I think that they, I think that this is the year that they made it to the play, postseason, and they're going to be able to continue that. Um and you know I I I just you just gotta think that Toronto's finally gonna gonna break through and, and do some damage here in the playoffs. I like it. Uh Alex, who do you got in these two series?
0: Yeah, um I've got Cleveland in that first series. Um I just think they're they're that scrappy team. They're kind of Tampa Bay esque in themselves, like they're both kind of low market, scrappy teams, good pitching, timely hitting. Um, I just I don't know. I just think Cleveland's got this kind of like mojo about them right now. I don't know if they'll continue to go further than this, but, uh, um, you know, they're at home. They get Bieber and McKenzie to start those races. has kind of been hurt the last like month or so. So I think that's kind of a bummer. Um, The other matchup, like what a crazy, you know, the Mariners make the playoffs for the first time since 2001. The Blue Jays, this other, you know, young up and coming team. Uh, I'm going to pick – I think the Blue Jays are a, a better team, and I think they have a chance to go a really long way. But I'm going to pick the Mariners on magic alone. Like, walk off homer to clinch your play. I really want the Mariners to get a home game, at least one. Because uh, that's the other thing is, like, they're not traveling, so – if they lose, if the Mariners lose two, they finally made the playoffs and
3: they don't get one game at home. James, uh, who do you got in these two series?
2: Well, I really, really wanted to say Cleveland for that first matchup here, but everybody else has said Cleveland, so I'm gonna argue for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has got the computers working for them. They got numbers and shit. And they also have Randy Rosarina, who is who magically just turns it on in the postseason. Just doing his thing all the time. I think it's because numbers get more stabilized inside the postseason, so therefore Tampa Bay should win over the Guardians, even though Shane Bieber is pitching. He's a really good pitcher. (laughs) To be honest, the Guardians are going to win it. but (laughs) In the uh, next matchup, I like Toronto over Seattle. Uh, I think Toronto is a better team, and I fucking hate Seattle. Everything in Seattle. Sucked. I didn't want the Marys and the Pussy in the beginning with, but here they are. And I hope they get absolutely wrecked in this first round.
3: Come on, Vlad, you got this, bro. Damn. James just hates Seattle so much. It's crazy. Um, it's, okay. So I think the first one, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, I think Cleveland's clearly the better team. Um, I, I like Cleveland uh, coming out of that series. The other one is very, very intriguing. I really like both of these teams. I think Toronto on paper, as you guys have mentioned, is definitely the better team and should win this series. But as Alex mentioned, there's a lot of magic going on in Seattle. It seems like a team that's just kind of got something going. So I'm also going to pick Seattle to win this series. Uh, kind of it, it kind of pains me to say because I really do like Toronto a lot. Uh, but that one's a really intriguing one. That that one to me is a coin flip. It it, it can go either way, which which should make this series very very fun. Um, so let's go over to the National League as i mentioned the st louis cardinals and the and the uh philadelphia phillies are, are series 1 series 2 the new york mets and the san diego padres very intriguing matchups to me here um so let, let's go through it uh alex start off with the st louis philly series and then the new york san diego series who do you got
0: the st louis philly series i mean i feel like you have to pick the cardinals um they're just running kind of on the same thing as the Mariners. Just instead of young magic, they're on old old man magic, like Pujols, Bueno, Molina. Just, um, but so like that one's tough though. I, I'm gonna pick the Cardinals, but I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people think. Um, just like because that the top three of the pitching staff of the Phillies is pretty gnarly. So like I think they they could really. This is one that I think could be pretty close. But I'm gonna go with the Cards. Also because the Cardinals just always seem to win shit in the postseason anyway. So um, I'm going to go with the Cardinals on that one for San Diego and New York. I think I'm going to pick the Padres. I don't like the pick. I don't really know why I'm doing it. They have to fly cross country, which is never easy. Um, You know, they have to go into city field, but I think, dude, I think the Mets are going to mess it up. Like, I don't know why, but the Mets just seem to do this to themselves. Um, The only thing that I think was, you know, could possibly change the Mets from doing the Mets thing is like Buck, is Buck Showalter, but you know, DeGrom has not been pitching well. Bassett looked pretty bad in that, in that other series. Um, And you know what, if Soto and Machado can do their thing, like San Diego could beat them. So I'm going to go with the Padres, but I, these ones here feel like a lot tougher
3: decision than the American league. Yeah, I would agree. Um, James, who do you got in these two matchups?
2: Well, I disagree with Alex with the first matchup. I think that the St. Louis Cardinals would just absolutely destroy Philadelphia. The Phillies haven't been playing well recently. They've had like they've been fighting for a postseason spot and they've won games, but they've also lost games horribly. Like to the tune of like, why are you like this is a team that's competing for a playoff spot? You don't look like it. And that kind of inconsistency with a team playing against magic and veteran and leadership. It's just, it's, they can't succeed against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are just doing too good right now. And the success stories for the Cardinals are too good for them not to continue on. Uh, And the second, the second matchup, that's the hard one for me. It's pretty much like if pitching shows up for the Mets, the Mets are going to be greater. If the hitting shows up for the Padres, the Padres are going to be greater, but there's a lot of give and take there. Uh, The pod one, Juan Soto first got to the Padres. He didn't look too good. He's starting to heat up now. Uh, but uh, for a time that it was like, whoa, did we make the wrong trade in getting this guy? And obviously the answer is no. But in that minute, in that in that two or three weeks where he was going through a slump, you're like, wow, this sucks. And for the, on the Mets side, you have Scherzer, you have DeGrom, you have Vets who have been there, done that, and are very, very good. But they have to just flip the switch right now. And that can be hard with age. And look at Scherzer in, in last year. He left the Dodgers start because – or he didn't start for the Dodgers for one game because he had, like, dead arm. And is that going to happen again this year? Is age going to play a factor? So this is a tougher matchup for me right now. And I think it's more pitching versus hitting. And I have to believe that all the money that the Mets put into it and the veteran leadership that they have, I think that they will beat the Padres and move on to the next round.
3: All right. So uh, Cardinals and Mets for James Traden, What do you got?
1: Yeah, for me, I, um... I, I have to think that the Cardinals are just going to continue doing what they're doing. They're they're they have that old man magic, like Alex said, and I think they're actually going to going to handedly um, manage the the Phillies here. I don't I don't have any worry about that one. The other one, um, I, I worry for the Mets. I mean, I really want the Mets to do well. I really I have this whole season. Um, their 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 recent slump has me worried, but. You know, I, maybe this is a team that can can flip a switch when it comes to the postseason, and, and here we are, we're we're finally there. Now is the time to flip that switch. Um, I I'd like to see the Mets play the uh, the Dodgers in that in that um, NLDS. I think that I think that that's probably what's pushing me to think that the Mets are going to figure it out pitching wise. Uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna find a way to to beat the San Diego team, and we'll see and we'll see LA play New York um, in what what can only be described as a great series.
3: Love that. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm also going to go St. Louis uh, in, in, in that first series. I think it's hard to get to bet against this team. Um, even though they're the kind of the third string in the national league there, I think they're still a, a fantastic team. As you guys mentioned, a lot of, a lot of good mojo going on in St. Louis with the season. They've had an outer pool holes. He just keeps hitting home runs. He's he's at seven Oh three, by the way, he just, he just keeps fucking hitting home runs. It's it's, it's unbelievable. Um, I just don't think Philly quite, quite has enough to, to match up and, this other one is very, very intriguing. Kind of similar to the American League, this, this second matchup, that 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 uh, uh, four or five matchup, is really, really intriguing. Really close. You can re- you can really go both ways. I just feel like in this short series, I like the Mets a little bit better. I just think that they have better pitching. I think they have a better lineup, um, even though they're, they're 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 scraping by right now. I don't think that they're going to make it past the second round, um, but I do think that they have enough to beat the Padres here. The Padres, just I don't know, they just don't I don't think that they, they have the depth that matches up with the Mets in this series. Uh, you know, Darvish is great, Machado is great. Um, looks like Josh Hader has kind of found his stuff again in in, in the back end back end of the, the bullpen. But past that, I don't. It's kind of a coin flip. one Soto really hasn't had a great season all year, really. Um, maybe he can find some magic um, come playoff time, but we'll see. But I'm gonna take the Mets um, in this first round. So that's what we got for the wild card series. Tune into that, guys, over the weekend should be fun. Um, But guys, tomorrow wraps up the 2022 regular season. So with that in mind, uh, we're going to go around and we're going to ask the boys their favorite moment of the 2022 regular season. There was a lot of them. So I I wanted them to pick one of them. And I'm interested to see what everyone's uh, pick is. We're going to start with James. What do you got?
2: I have Reed Detmers having a no-no. And in
3: the same game,
2: Anthony Rendon hitting a lefty bomb. That was great. Uh, The reason why I have that is because, wow, that was fan. That will forever be in my memory, like Reed Detmerich throwing incredibly. I mean, honestly, not that well, but his defense played well behind him. And then just Rendon just up there as a joke hits a bomb, and that was so ridiculous to me, and I loved it. Like, I loved every minute of it. And it was kind of like the pinnacle of the Angel season because from that point forward, it's uh, way downhill. Like, really, the crash and burn times 10,000, really bad. But that was great. So i want to remember that this season, not everything after that.
3: Yeah, man. That that first month and a half in Angels baseball was looking pretty good there for a second. Uh, but yeah, that definitely was a great one. That was that was an no oh damn moment for sure. Uh trade in your favorite moment from
1: 2022. Uh, I mean, I'm probably cheating, but it's 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 either today. Um, Aaron Judge finally hitting his 60 62nd, 60 or um I, I thought it was pretty cool when the Mets um threw that combined no hitter with like four different relievers in that one game <laughs> that was that in like that in the middle crazy. of April that was pretty crazy um and it just shows that the that I guess if we can see that team that's what I'm hoping to see in this playoff so that that's uh I guess that's why it's one of my favorites because I've been kind of hoping that the Mets have done well in the whole season so
3: yeah, trade, trade and trade sh- and trying to put some good mojo to the New York Mets as we had into, into the, into uh, the wild card round. I love that. Alex, your favorite moment from a 2022 regular season.
0: Um, I really wanted to say hands are Alberto breaking the position player uh, pitching record, but I think like, I kind of cheated a little bit and I'm going to go with like what I'm going to remember the most about this season. And I think it's Shohei versus judge. AL MVP the debate between these two like obviously judge having an all-time offensive season and Shohei somehow is better this year than he was last year and like the debate between them like i think the 2022 season um that's what i'm going to remember the most about it like thinking back on it it's just like how incredible these two guys played all season obviously one team's going to the playoffs one team's not like how different would it be if the angels were good for like the first time in forever. But um, I I think those, those two guys and just the seasons they're having is probably my favorite moment.
3: Love that. Um, Yeah. So mine is probably going to be, it's, I mean, it's hundred percent recency bias, but this was just a moment that I think stuck out for me uh, when, when the Mariners walked off to end their 21 year playoff drought in the ninth inning off of Raleigh's home run. Uh, I was watching that live. I was hyped. I was up on my feed watching that. Just seeing it in Seattle and just the fan reaction off the post, all the great calls from, 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 from all the Mariners broadcasters. And just to see that entire stadium just like celebrate and that awesome uh, celebration that the team had um, at, at the end. That's what baseball is all about. Um, I, I love moments like that. Um, I rarely post things to my Instagram story that aren't about the Dodgers. And that was what I just had to post because I just felt it was such a, I like, I got goosebumps watching that. And for me, like, that's pretty rare. I think that and maybe the Albert Pujols hitting his 700th home run with the two that were like non Dodger related that gave me goosebumps. So um, for me, even though that happened like three days ago, I'm going to go with that Mariners uh, walk off home run to end the th- their t- historic 21 year postseason drought as my favorite moment for 2022. So with that, wraps up the regular season official October baseball starts Friday with the, with the wild card series next week, we'll have wrapped that up and we'll be talking <coughs> our way into, into the division series when things really start to get good. So October baseball is here guys. Thank you for all, for the 2022 regular season. You guys did great. I feel like every year you guys get become more and more baseball fans um, and it's always great to do it. So that puts a cap on 2022 uh, regular season, but we start playoffs and that's when it gets super fun. So let's fucking go. <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you Tyler for leading us through MLB
0: this entire season um to add on to the Pujols thing if anyone has not seen the video of Dave Roberts celebrating and then yes. forgetting that Albert Pujols was not on his team anymore yeah. that's like an all-time funny was moment a great reaction <laughs> so, uh, that check that one out um but yeah so the postseason starts on Friday so that is very exciting we're going to take one last break and then James is going to lead us through week four of the nfl what happened and what is going to happen in week five james football week four is complete uh we don't really need to talk about monday night any more than we already did uh lead us through what are we doing
2: we're doing waiver wires per usual, you know, week in, week out. People get injured. People suck. Look at Jonathan Taylor. You got hurt. You got injured. Devontae Williams got hurt. He's going to be out for a year and a half. You need to replace these people. Uh Before we get into that, we're going to talk about our fantasy legal fest. Pretty much all the TR TLDR boys won, except for me, because I lost uh, Tyler. So congratulations, you. Tyler. Thank you. I did kind of almost come back, though. I needed yes, to outscore man. Cooper Cup by 30 points to Debo Samuel, and – the defense. But I came within six. Almost so that was close. Very scary. Uh, very scary. He was pooping. Yep. Bullets. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, standing so far, Tyler is in first. He's he's undefeated. You, Me, you. Eric, and Alex tied for second and Chayden is tied for fifth. So pretty much all the TLDR boys take up the first five spots. So we know what we're talking about. For my waiver wires, QB. I picked Geno Smith out of Seattle, even though I hate Seattle. rostered, 31.7 points versus Detroit, 23 completions on 30 attempts for 320 yards, two touchdowns. He added seven carries for 49 yards and a touchdown. Gino is low-key, actually, no, he's high-key, a very serviceable QB for the Seahawks. He's actually doing better than Russ is doing in Denver, crazy as that sounds. I think it took him some time to get used to his two superstar wide receivers, but he finally did it, and it shows. This is the same super, super efficient offense that gave way to Russell Wilson's fantasy stardom. And if you can execute that same offense, but be better at it than Russell Wilson was, you're looking at a top 10 guy overall. Up next, they play the New Orleans Saints. They're a pretty good defense, but honestly, man, DK and Tyler Lockett can exploit it. Those are two very good wide receivers. Chayden, what are your thoughts on Geno Smith?
1: Yeah, I... I uh... I'm with you on this pick. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I think there's some question marks about how he'll do against new Orleans, but new Orleans hasn't, I mean, they've been okay, but they haven't been spectacular. I mean, they haven't got, they haven't got over seven fantasy points on the defensive side. This guy has uh Gino Smith has at least 20 fantasy points in three of his last four games. And he's taken advantage of good uh, matchups when, um, when they f- present themselves, Um, he ran for 49 yards and a touchdown. So I, I, I would hope that, oh, if I can do it now, maybe I'm going to continue that, that, that enhances his value there. Um, I, I I think that if you have a quarterback that is injured or a quarterback that is just not doing it for you, give this, give this guy a shot because, um, because I think that, I think this is a, this is a sign of things to come.
0: Alex, your thoughts. I mean, it feels like kind of the Geno Smith magic has got to end at some point um i'm surprised dude it's it's all about magic this episode i don't i wasn't planning on it it just sort of happened this way Um, uh, it does feel a little weird that they're playing the saints because weren't they just in the london game and now they have to play the following week am i like misremembering that
2: yeah so, they were but you still play the phone there's no buys until next week
0: i guess i've always thought for some reason there were like if the teams played in europe there was always a buy the next week but whatever uh <laughs> i mean like Geno Smith, when he's played a good defense like the Niners defense, he got like nothing. And when they've played shit defenses like he's played, he's done well. Obviously, the New Orleans defense is not the Niners defense, who is, you know, playing out of their out of the out of their mind right now. But um, I mean, it's it's it feels like I just like can't trust Geno Smith because he's Geno Smith. Like I just can't do it. Um, just saying, I know it's a little bit cheating because he's at like 63, percent but in our league, he's still available. Trevor Lawrence is sitting there, and who they play this week? The Houston Texans, who barely count as a na- national football team. So, like, I don't know. I would pick Trevor Lawrence over Geno Smith, just saying.
2: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was my pick last week. Y'all didn't listen. So, he's still out there. Uh, moving on to running backs, Alexander Madison out of Minnesota. I honestly really, really, really wanted to pick Melvin Gordon, but he's rostered in, like, 70% of leagues. But Javante Williams is up for the season. Melvin Gordon, if he's in your league, pick him up immediately. He's going to be the workhorse for Denver. But we're talking Alexander Madison here, 47.8% rostered, put up 8.8 8 points against New Orleans, the defense we just talked about not too long ago. Um, the reason why I picked him is because he's he was on the field a decent amount. He's technically the third down back and the goal line back, and it really showed. Like literally every single third down that Minnesota had, he was out there. And every single time they were th- within the 10, 10 yards away from the end zone, He was out there, and it was not Dalvin Cook. Weird to me, but that's how they're rolling with it. Uh, He had three carries for three yards. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound good, but he's out there, guys. He also had one catch for 15 yards and a touchdown on a screenplay that was designed for him to score no matter what. Plays are being made for him. He's important to the offense. Dalvin Cook might get injured again because that's what he does every single year, pick up Alexander Madison. Um, Up next to play Chicago Bears, who, much like the Houston Astros, can barely be called an NFL team. They're very bad on defense and even worse on offense. So I'm really thinking that the Vikings should absolutely destroy them, points-wise, and have to run out of the clock. So might as well put in your backup running back to finish the job. Tyler, your thoughts on Alexander Madison.
3: Yeah, the Houston Astros are definitely not a football team, James. Uh, you're 100% right <laughs> on that one. Um, but yes, on Alexander Mattinson, uh, they will put up uh, – I think he's put up two, pretty decent numbers in the last two weeks. Uh, playing Chicago week five, that's obviously a pretty good uh, matchup there. Um, I, you know, He's an intriguing matchup. Obviously, as you mentioned, you hear that stat, three uh, carries for three yards. You're like, how the hell is this guy even fantasy valued? But you're right. He seems to be putting in positions – for, for, for scoring opportunities. And that's worth having on your team. Um, as you said, even, even as a Dalvin cook, like if you have Dalvin cook in your team, I think hundred percent pick this guy up anyway, just find someone to drop because you never know uh, when that guy can get hurt. Uh, a very intriguing one. I think you have to get a little lucky with this pick for sure. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully it's just the game works out in the Vikings favor where he's put in those p- positions to uh, score, but definitely a very good option for uh, week five. Alex, why do you hate this guy?
0: It feels like he's always the guy, you know, at the beginning of the season, you listen to experts, you listen to us and you're like, dude, or what James, just like you said, Dalvin Cook's going to get hurt. You know, like if you draft Cook, have Madison as like your backup. And then when he Cook inevitably does get hurt, Justin Jefferson is just like, fuck it. I'll just take over then. And like Madison never does what you want. Like he, he, he should be better than he is in fantasy wise. And he, he may be like, I kind of think he's one of those guys that's more important to the Vikings than he really is to like your fantasy team. Um, but you're not wrong. I mean, uh, Dalvin cook pretty kind of got hurt last game. It's like some shoulder issue. He seems to be okay now. So like, I kind of, you know what Tyler said, like he's sort of a, a guy that's um, like very, if he feels very boomer bust. Um, so I'm just a little, a little hesitant on him, but uh, I mean also like, the waiver wire running back room is pretty brutal right now. So I kind of get it. Like unless uh, like Naheem Hines is available in your league, like he's not in our league um, because we just Jonathan Taylor may or may not play. Like it's pretty brutal. Like you kind of have to go big, maybe try to go with Mark Ingram again and just hope that Camara doesn't work out. I mean, I don't know. Um or, you know, go big with, like, Daryl Henderson and just maybe can't, like Cam Akers doesn't play that game. I don't know. It, the I just hope somebody else on your bench is a better option because it's brutal.
2: Yeah, running backs are tough this year. Moving on to wide receivers, I got Corey Davis out of New York for the Jets, which is my second time using a Jet in these waiver wire segments. Super weird. 6.9% rostered, 18.4 points against Pittsburgh. Five out of seven, 74 yards and a touchdown. Corey Davis is not a name you've heard in a very long time since he was with the Titans. But there's a new QB under center for New York, and that is Zach Wilson. He was one of Zach Wilson's favorite targets. Seven targets under with Zach Wilson, which is a lot. And that's important moving forward. If you can kind of identify the main targets for an offense or a quarterback early, you're looking at some guy, a guy that will get more targets moving forward. Because, you know, that's how it works in the league. The Jets are a bad defensive team, terrible, and they're often going to play in negative game scripts, so more throwing. Up next, Miami Dolphins, who they will be trailing a lot by, even if Tua doesn't play. This team, the Dolphins are just too good and have too many weapons for them not to use them. uh, Tyreek said, doesn't matter who's throwing me the ball. I'm going to get mine, and he will, and they're going to destroy New Jersey, who will inevitably have to throw to Corey Davis. Alex, your thoughts on Corey Davis?
0: Yeah, I mean – Look, other than the one bust week he had against Cincy, like he scored over 13 points in three out of the four weeks. If you're looking at him as like a flex option, and you know you're potentially moving up a flex into your wide receiver two after some injuries or some, you know, poor play, like it's not a bad option. Like we've seen him have success in Tennessee. If he and Zach Wilson do have that connection, that's great. An added positive is Xavier and Howard maybe out for Miami. He left early in week four, if he's out, that's a very good corner that's not going to be on the field. Potentially, Corey Davis could um, exploit that. And like you said, they're probably going to be down by a fair amount. Throw him the ball; he could have another big week. Chad, okay, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, I have another guy that you should maybe look at. I mean, I don't think that I don't think that um is a bad option by any means. I, I like I like every. Uh, what, what's your face for Corey Davis? Corey Davis, excuse me. Uh, um <clears throat> I don't I don't Spoiler think that that's that that's a uh, no it's actually not. Um that that that's not a bad option at all. Um, you know, I, I I get what you guys are saying, but um I I like someone else and I think it's I think it's and the Steeler uh, within the Steelers organization. Um I like George Pickens, um, especially because I believe that Kenny Pickett is here to stay. Mitch the bitch cannot throw. Uh, Mitch the bitch does not throw a lot, <laughs> does not throw far. Does not like to throw the deep ball. Kenny Pickett's like, fuck it. I'm going to throw the deep ball. And and you saw George Pickens' target share per game go up and up and up. Chase Carpool did not catch a single ball last game. Deontay Johnson um got half the targets that, that George Pickens did. In week four, George Pickens was at 30% targets. Um, and that only grew. Once um, Kenny Pickett came onto the, came onto the field. And I just think that Pickens is going to be the the largest beneficiary of that switch. Um, watch that, uh, watch that connection, just continue to flourish uh, that, I mean, that's where I'm at. I think, I think uh, I know that's kind of a boom or bust pick here, but at this point, I mean, you got to be rolling the dice on, on, on in some cases when it comes to the waiver wire, especially if you're, especially if you're a player that, if you're if you're a guy that's behind in the standings and you and you need a big week or it's a kind of a bus. So I look at you, Mike Brown, 0-4. Uh <laughs> th- this is the kind of week where you, you roll the dice and say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing for the swing for the fences. This is a swing for the fences pick. Um no pun intended.
2: I really don't hate that pick. In fact, I love it. I wish I had picked that before I picked Corey Davis. Well done. Moving on to the tight end and unfortunately our tight end guy train will not be talking about him, but we're gonna talk about Will Disley out of Seattle. Again, 1.6% 1. rostered, 13.9 points against Detroit, four for four, 39 yards, and a touchdown. He has honestly shown a really great chemistry with Geno Smith, who was my whatever I picked for quarterbacks in the red zone. He has three touchdowns and double digits games in the four games this season. That's a big deal for a tight end. And yes, he's touchdown dependent, but so are 90% of the tight ends out there. So why discriminate against him? Like you don't. Know, he's the go to guy. Use him. <laughs> Up next. New Orleans, as I mentioned before, good defense. And they have good cornerbacks. But typically, the cornerbacks don't defend a tight end, which means that the tight ends will feast in this. Alex, your thoughts on Will Disley?
0: Yeah, so I'm about Will Disley, which is weird because I'm not about Geno Smith. So this makes a whole lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure it out. Um, I'm going to speak to someone very specific out there. I don't know who you are. But you're whoever drafted Kyle Pitts. It's not gone well, and you know who he's playing this week? Tampa Bay, great defense. Bummer. Pick up Will Disley. The just like James said, he's not going to be guarded by you know the um, the cornerbacks. Plus, the following week he gets Arizona, who have a terrible defense. So it could go. It could go very well. This is a very boomer bust thing. This is for. This is for the people that drafted Kyle Pitts but are also 0-4, not the 4-0 the Kyle Pitts. The guys that are struggling, like Trey mentioned, it's a very boomer-bust sort of situation. But if he can just go off and get a couple touchdowns or a touchdown this week, it's probably better than whatever Kyle Pitts is going to get you because it's been brutal.
2: Tyler, your thoughts on Will Disley. And you do have Kyle Pitts. So what does this mean for you?
3: Yeah, in one of my <laughs> leagues, I do have Kyle Pitts, but I'm not going to pick Will Disley, at least not in this matchup. Uh, against the new Orleans saints who have allowed the least amount of fantasy points to tight ends all season. That just, that's not a good matchup. I, I I, I appreciate what you guys are saying um, about his, his upside. So maybe week six against the Cardinals, you mentioned, maybe that's time to pick him up, but this week's not the time to pick him up. I don't, I I just don't like the matchup against the saints there. Um, I'm going to go with the pick. I believe you picked last week, James, in Tyler Conklin. Was that your, was that last week's pick? I did. yeah, so I'm going to go with him this week. Uh he's still only rostered in 38.7% of rosters. He's the 7th ranked tight end averaging 11.3 points. Go get him. You guys listen to us. Trust me. This guy this guy's putting up pretty good points. Didn't have a great week 4, um but you look at his 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 his, his full body of work, it's very impressive. He's targeted a lot. Don't be scared that he's on the New York Jets. I know the New York, the New York Jets kind of suck, but he's a good tight end. He's he's a good he's a good option. That's swan I'm picking to replace Kyle Pitts.
2: And just, uh, just so you guys know, the Saints are, I guess, number one against tight ends in fantasy. But they played, one, Kyle Pitts, who sucks this year because of Arthur Smith. Two, the Saints. Who who knows? Who's that tight end there? I don't know. Do you know Jawan Johnson, I think his name is, who has 13 career targets to so his name? Yeah, no. And then the Panthers, who suck. So there you go, Tyler. Those are the teams he's played against. <laughs> tight ends. So you can't say they're number one against tight ends when they play Kyle Pitts. Jawan Johnson and the Panthers. Yeah,
1: yeah. You come back when they t- when they play Will Disley. If 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 Will Disley, uh <laughs> it, it, you know that that's the this is the test. This is the true test for yeah. this team.
2: Yeah, because he's the pinnacle of everything. Tight end.
1: You're you're, you're you're just gonna add that tone.
3: To that list, you know the Saints only played so and so. Will Disley, like, blah, 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 yeah, like as soon as Disley, as, as like, soon as Will you know, Disley shits the bed, he's like, oh, they're yeah, playing Will Disley. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, know if they're playing the Chiefs this year, but let's wait till they let's let's let, let's see what they do can do against Kelsey.
2: They're not because that's an AFC team, well, an AFC West team, and they NFC West plays AFC West this year, so nope. Uh, but that ends <laughs> up. That's my fantasy section. Hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs>
0: James, thank you, as always. Um, It always gets a little silly with us, but uh, we're all in the top five, um, including Eric. So, like, obviously, we know what we're doing. Um, That ends the episode. Uh, Great first week of October, like we mentioned, baseball playoffs, football's in full swing, hockey and basketball are starting soon. Um, I know we went through the hockey thing really quick, you know, reach out to us. If you guys, if we didn't talk about your team enough, or if you think trade is an idiot for picking the Sabres to go to the playoffs, like, (laughs) let us know. Um, Also guys, we are averaging really close to 200 listens an episode. Share it with your friends. It would be great if we could hit 200 an episode pretty consistently. That'd be really cool for us. Um, Other than that, guys, have a great week. Enjoy October. um, And we'll talk to you next time.